You're listening to Hidden by Design, a podcast about the stuff that you didn't know about design. My name's Martin, and this is... Hidden by Design. Nailed it. Oh, yeah, and my main name is Torbjörn. <laughs> now we, the podcast starts. And uh, Yeah, we should start recording now. Are you not recording? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of the second season of Hidden by Design, and today we're going to be talking about gamification, which I think as we as we start discussing it, you'll realise that you do it in your everyday lives. It's not just something from, you know, marketing. Um, and it's really just organised fun. I'm reading notes now. It makes it sound better than, I'm, than, I'm, than I actually am. But <laughs> hello to my special guest for the day, Torbjorn Sorensen. <laughs> hello. My name is Tobian. <laughs> I'm also part of this podcast. So the, the quote of the day today about gamification is from um, an old English author. Well, he's dead now. But, um, his name is Roald Dahl. And he said, life is more fun if you play games. Discuss. And it is. It absolutely is. I love games and I love making everything into games. And I, it's like in, in many ways, I would say that Everything, almost everything I do is is kind of like I see it as a game. <laughs> and you talked about marketing. And I was, I'm trying to do stuff on Twitter and it's really, really difficult. Uh, but we were talking about marketing. And in my head, I always saw that as just another game with some specific rule. And I'd try to see if I can win the game. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 amazing how many things you can put put, put things and and gamification. Uh, so, but in general, like, what is gamification? Uh, if we if we start by by doing the marketing thing, right? It's it, there's this there's this it's it's really a buzzword gamification. Uh, and so I want to just try to. <laughs> kill that right away that 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 game gamification is just you know you apply some specific mechanics that you see in in games and then it's gamification in my opinion it's not um it's it's more of a it's a way of thinking right so if you start by just trying to define what a game is and there's it's like you'll go online and you'll see a million people discussing this with a passion and and a commitment <laughs> so i'm not trying i don't want to dive too deep into that but in you know the short idea is that it's just organized play that leads to fun yeah and that that's that's really really a short version of it but organized plays play leading to fun and so play being, as we did as children, right? We would play something, uh, but we just organize it now so that it becomes even more fun, right? So, so that's kind of, that's the game part of it. So gamification, in many ways you can say, is like you just organize your stuff so that it becomes fun. <laughs> so, uh, so when it comes to design, and gamification, then, you know, there's one of the reasons why I really, it's like game design, game, games in general is my passion. 
this is where my heart really beats. <laughs> We'd never have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the reason why is actually the next part where it's like there's there's the who, what, why, where there's a lot of you know there's needs, there's uh, desires, there's there's a lot of different ways of of saying this. So I try to really really shorten it down into two main categories. There's there's design made to solve problems. And under that category is needs and wants and all of that stuff. And then there's design created to fulfill desires. And that's where uh, wants also is and, and, and games live in the space. And so in many ways, I believe that solving a problem, it's like most of them kind of lives in both spaces, but games only live in desire space. It doesn't, it never solves a real problem, except when it's educational games and stuff like that. But but that they are, you know, a little bit in the actually just gamified tutorials, so gamified learning. So that's what makes games interesting in my mind is that it's to fulfill desires and nothing else. A desire to have fun, a desire to kill time, a desire, it's like having fun while killing time, all of that stuff. And so, so, so we don't really solve any problems with gamification. So if you look at, and I really want, if anyone is listening to this, go, go back and listen, if you haven't already, to the episode about flow. Because the core essence of what makes game fun, right? The, the organized play is leading to fun. The fun part lives in the concept to a wide extent. Like some of the mechanics that we use lives in flow or the theory of flow by Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. You can listen about flow in episode... Five. Five, five, episode five. Yes, five. There's some rules in, in terms, right? So now we are trying to, to really make the game organized play leading to fun, right? So, so how do we organize it and how do we make it fun when we are solving problems? Number one is it have to be intrinsically rewarding just as we talked about in the episode about flow. So it is, so the, the, and, and that you can obtain that with a clear goal and a sense of progress. So for the user, you always have to think about if you want to gamify something, the mindset that you have to have is, is there a clear goal for what I want them to do? And do I show the progress towards that goal? And do I tell the user, this is your goal, right? So you will see any game will always be absolutely clear. Any good game will be absolutely clear about what are you supposed to do? And then it will tell you how far on that journey you are at all time. They always make sure that you have immediate feedback, that the immediate feedback is like very concrete. You do something and something happens. If you click something, something happens. That's like if you click in an elevator, for example, and nothing happened, but then all of a sudden the elevator started moving, that would feel uncomfortable because you, you, you wouldn't know if it was because of your action or if it was something else, right? Um, 
And then we have the match, the challenge, and the skill, which is also part of, of, of flow. And, and that is really important. If something seems impossible, I don't know what to do, or it's too difficult, then I, I, I don't want to, I, I can't participate. And then the last one is intense focus on the present with no disturbances. And, you know, that's, that's an external kind of thing uh, or internal, but I'm not going to focus on that too much. So Martin, now that we kind of have the, 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 the core concept of what gamification is and is not. And so just to repeat, it is not where you just take a leaderboard or a leveling system or some part of a, what you've seen in games and then you apply it. It's, it's gamification, in my opinion, is about understanding the core fundamental of what makes a game fun and then try to transfer that into an experience. So do you have anything? <laughs> yeah, I have, um, I have some examples, I think. Mm -hmm. So one of them touched on what you said earlier. You mentioned social media. Yeah. Gamification things, I think, are self-imposed stress as well. Sometimes, like with with social media, I used to be very active on Twitter. Yeah. Um, with, with an anonymous account, and it was, I was always chasing the followers, always chasing the the interaction. So I I wanted that those numbers to go up all the time. Oh. And if you had if you had a tweet do well, next day you would try and beat that with a better tweet with more. Exactly. So I, I turned it into a game um, for, for chasing numbers, basically. Can I get more followers? Can, oh, can I pick up any famous followers? That sort of thing. And always, and it was fun, but it, it, it did turn into a bit of stress at the end because that's all it became about. And I lost sort of the, so the fun you, side of it. So like, did, you, did you start doing things you didn't like doing? So I, I think that's called like whoring. <laughs> you... <laughs> <laughs> um. Things I didn't like doing, um, not really. I don't think it just because it, it was the pressure that sort of ruined it. I, I put too much pressure on always wanting to beat the previous numbers, if that makes sense. And so that is a really, really good example, actually, because Twitter is kind of a game, right? It it makes you really go into that space of constantly trying to to obtain that moment of flow where you're just reading and you constantly reward it uh, and then you make it into a game on top of it it's like i need more followers i need more likes and can get a, can i get it's like and i like i see the same thing with myself because i'm trying to learn to do twitter unfortunately i i simply i don't know what it is but it doesn't interest me my example of of gamification is when we when we took long drives as a kid we would do the spot the thing i don't know if you ever played that and while driving oh yes oh, yes and we do it now we do it now with my kids well with with my eldest son with there's lots of different games we play in the car exactly but actually now i think about it <laughs> i completely forgot that i all right this might sound you know back in the good old days but my my parents bought me a magnet, like a big red horseshoe magnet, the old 
type, right? I tied a string to it and a little stick. And then I had a, a bucket of nails. And I used to, I just like this, I, I can't, I don't know how old I was. I wasn't that old. 38. Yeah, something like that. And I would just dump the bucket of nails and then I would fish them up. I would try to get all of the nails. And that kind of kept me occupied in the car when I was very little. I remember that magnet. It was beautiful. So, but that is, that's ways. And there's other applications that you can, you can kind of get that, that ties into these things like Duolingo have a very, you know, game feel to it. Applications like Headspace where you're trying to improve yourself. Just quickly going back to the one with the car. Are you solving a problem with games in the car? Because I will start a game in the car if my kid's getting bored. So oh, I'm trying yeah. to solve that. Yeah, but the game itself isn't solving a problem. Like what the experience that the kid have won't solve a problem for them. It's solving a problem for you. So you're kind of you're making yeah. a greater scheme where the game is part of your bigger design. <laughs> so mm. yeah, but that's that's a good point, actually. I never thought about it that way. So now the game becomes just a minor part of a bigger picture. And you just use that. Yeah, it is solving a problem for you, at least. What about this example? I've got another example. Um, my son got ill recently, and he had to have me- he had to have medicine, and he doesn't like taking medicine. So, the problem for him was that he was ill. The problem for me was that he wasn't taking his medicine. So I, uh, I gamified it. I said, every time you take your medicine, you get a pound. Yeah. And at the end of the week, you'll have enough money to buy a toy so he's got a chart where he's ticking off oh. each time he has it nice yeah and he, so he gets the reward and he gets a bigger reward at the end for, for doing it all and it's working so he doesn't mind doing yeah, it yeah, yeah and so if you go back to to write the clear goal and the sense of progress check mark right uh, clear and immediate feedback it's like as soon as you take it he gets a check so that's a check challenge and the skill I think that's where you would have problems in the long run if he had to take that medicine for a very long time. Oh, yes. It would get boring, and it's not intrinsically rewarding. So it doesn't, it's like he can't get better at it. So at some point, that will wear out because it's all extrinsic. It's like it all comes from outside. So the game will work to begin with, and then it will wear out, is my prediction. They're, they're what he has got bizarrely he has got better at taking the medicine so oh. to start with at the beginning <laughs> yes. at the beginning of the week it was very small sips where well, it's mixed with milk so very small sips and after each sip it'd have to have a bit of biscuit or something like that because yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, otherwise why take the medicine otherwise exactly um but now he's just slurping it down with a straw straight away oh. and um so he, he is getting better and better so the next challenge would be not putting milk with it yeah yeah yeah. just take it straight <laughs> yeah like down like, exactly <laughs> like a cowboy at a bar drinking his whiskey So now that we have that kind of sorted, we go a little bit into detail, right, about gamification. And so now we can, we have the basic in place, right? There's a lot of things that you can say, and, and obviously we want to keep it a little bit short here and just stick to the 
core concepts and not too much details. So, so if we want to expand on that idea of, you know, we, we take, we, we take outset, like we, we start with the flow or the idea of flow, and then we expand it a little bit uh, with the detail of choices. So whenever a, a person or a user in your application that you're trying to gamify makes a choice or, or do something, there's three categories that you can put that choice into. And those threes are plan, practice, or improve. Improvise, sorry. And yeah, improve and practice. Sorry, I was just <laughs> mixing them up. Plan, practice, or improvise. So those are the three types of choices that you can make, right? So if you're planning or if your user is planning, is trying to predict the future. And so predictability becomes part of what, what what's 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 being done. Practice means we allocate time or we use time to become better at the task, just as your son. We're spending time every day to try to improve our ability to take the medicine. Uh, and the last one is improvise, which is about controlling a situation that's out of control. The, the last one, especially improvise, is typically not used that often, but that's where most of the joy can come from. Uh, where you kind of, in games, you will see that you lose control momentarily, and then the game helps you, or the mechanics help you to regain that control. The game and your skills as a player, right? So you get thrown into a situation that you cannot handle, and then you work your way back up. So so you lose control, and then you regain it. Um, if we take that into some real examples, then, for example, a support system, you don't know how many support cases comes in each week and then the system will help you regain control and it would show you statistics on how well you did and how fast you kind of regained. Do you do you have any situation in your life, Martin, where where this Why <laughs> yes I do. It's funny you should <laughs> It's almost as if we planned this. <laughs> so I I think um I'll just say my um I've had a a cough this week and when i'm laughing you can hear my wheeze yeah uh, even more than usual <laughs> it's very uh, i sound a lot older at the minute than, than i normally so, so you're kind of like the the king's counselor in uh, robin hood the uh what's this called hiss oh <laughs> uh, i can really hear it now it's, it's putting me off um yeah so the the uh the first one was um so planning um, trying to predict the future. So I, I plan, each week I plan uh, just some tasks that I have to do um, and I, I set myself a number. For example, potential clients to contact and I'll uh, set myself yeah, yeah, a target yeah. of, of, of 20. Um, I, th I think I've got this in the, in, the right, in the right choice plan, trying to predict the future. And, and then, um, and then I, I, yeah, so I get to uh, 20 and I, I have clickers on my desk that I bash to get to those numbers and obviously if I'm falling by Friday if I'm only on three I know I've got a lot of work to, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to get there um, so it's always a challenge to 
to, to get to those, those numbers. So you set yourself a goal each week. So you set yourself a specific goal and then you try to obtain that and the clicker gives you immediate feedback whenever you do something and it shows a progression. So you can always look at it and go like, oh, fuck, I'm behind. Or And it helped my, my son kept coming in and saying, why hasn't that number moved since yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> what a bastard. <laughs> Be quiet. Yeah. Dad's working on it. <laughs> so I was, I was, And actually that, that made me try for it even harder because the next day he come in and I said, look at the numbers today then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that turned it even more into a, into a game. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing that. But the, the the other example, which I think is probably the same for a lot of people, like uh, is for for exercising. I always track my um, repetitions in what I do and and aim to beat it the next time. So you always want the graph to be going up. Yeah, I do that as well, or down when it's about weight, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how how like so do, do you do, how do you do that? Like so with the clicker, you set a specific goal. You define the challenge of the week. Do you define it as something you can barely make or something that you know you will make? Like how, how do you set the difficulty of that week? So for the for the new client example, it's it's 20. So I always try and contact 20 new people every week so that it averages out across the month that because I'll always do a few more than 20. I, I know that I will. So 20 is kind it's kind of it's not a pointless number because I know I'm going to get it, but it's I know I have I know I have to, and then I'm I'm nearing a hundred by the end of the month, and if I contact a hundred people every month, that's that's really good. Yeah, yeah. And to keep that up every month, then across the year, you know, it's more or less it's a thousand people that I've contacted, um, which is a, which is a great number. Yeah, and you know, if you don't do this, then you won't reach it. Yeah, and and the point of it is, if I don't reach out to these people, I won't get more work. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as simple as that. Um, so it's something, yeah, it's something that ha- has to be done. Um, and actually, the 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 tactile feedback of pressing that button, yeah, and then seeing the number click round has really helped. It seems so silly because they, you know, they're, they're clickers that you count people coming into a building or something like that. Um, yeah, and I'm using it to become better at work. But I think like, and that's a really good point is typically some of these things are underestimated how effective they are. And so the tactile click, the immediate feedback and satisfaction of, of getting that click is just, it's like, it's super important for any kind of gamification set you're trying to make um, is that you, you really remember that, that, that part of of a, it's like a, a sense of progress and the immediate feedback, right? Because you have that and that physical feedback is just really, really, it enforces the, the feedback. The reason why I was asking about how do you set the challenge? Because as, as you talked about, you know, when you do f- fitness or you do exercises, you know, when I run, I'll record it and it almost becomes an obsession for me to record it but lately and this is a bit shameful to say but i my my body is old and i had to stop pushing myself and just go for my run so now i can't i don't want to improve my time so don't want to increase my 
my pace and all of that stuff. I just have to run. But still, I do that measurement because it felt good when I started doing it. So I'm just, I keep measuring so that I can see that I'm running and I can see my progress. I'm actually, every year, I look at how far did I run this year. So it becomes not about pace, but about distance. How long can I run in a year and how persistent am I at running every day? At what point do you think gamification can become unhealthy in terms of not specifically talking about exercise because exercise is the opposite of unhealthy, but where it could become addictive? That's an amazing question, Martin. Thank you. So so it can very much be used in deceptive design. So if you look at Twitter and Facebook and all of these other social media games where people play, because these are really games, and and they have this very fundamental mechanic that is the slot machine, which is very addictive. And so we, t- we take in these things if we go to the idea of improvise to control the situation, right? This this idea that you you know there's an algorithm that shows you funny or interesting stuff, and you see it almost immediately that if you start looking at some videos, you will get more of that kind of videos. If you start liking something specifically, you'll get more of that. The algorithm is really really fast to give you more of that type of content. And in most of these uh, applications, you get, so you get that sense of randomness, but you know if you like it or if you do something with it, you will get more of that type, right? So you kind of shape your way through it. And that that combination of, of random and, you know, controlling the situation and, and trying to plan it. It's like there's so many things that goes into that where it's just highly addictive. So I guess you will see yourself in, in places like TikTok that you will just keep going. Is that, in, in some way, is that like the improvise coming in a little bit there? Yeah, in some way? absolutely. Because you're, you're scrolling and it's completely random. You're, you're totally out of control when you first join TikTok because you don't know what the hell you're doing. Yep. And then over time, you're liking the videos that you like and it starts to tailor your feed and you're regaining the in a way that the control that was never there to start with yeah there's there's a lot of it's like the choices you make in in the in the application decides and you get positively rewarded for liking something like first off there's you know some some feedback but but in general they gamified they used game mechanics of the slot machine in order to make it addictive um i can't remember if we talked about this before uh, the the whole the whole mechanic of the slot machine, I think we did. We talked about the rat that gets rewarded, and you would just see in rats that if they had a button they could click and they would get food, they would they would click the button, get some food, eat it, and they would be full, and they wouldn't click it again. Now, if you 
put the clicker so that every three or five times you clicked it, the rat would get food. It would it will learn, all right, I have to click it three or five times. And so it would do that. Now, the moment the scientist changed this from a specific number that was the same number every time, and then said it's a random number between uh, two and seven, the rats started clicking that button like mad. They really started clicking it. And this mechanic or this behavior just transfers brilliantly onto humans. Is that that excitement of losing control and regaining it, and 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 it just gives us right. You click something, and there's a moment where you don't know what's going to happen, and that is exciting. And then you get rewarded. This was great, right? And so on on Instagram, it's there's a moment where. You're sliding and you don't know what it is that you're getting or on, on TikTok, in social media, right? And then you start watching a video and you try to make sense of that video or what you're seeing as fast as possible so that either you move on to the next one or you watch the whole thing. And you will see videos, content of videos will do these things where they want you to stay and watch the whole thing so they will start the video by writing, wait for it. <laughs> That's a cue for you to move on. <laughs> because you shouldn't wait for it. But they kind of, they poke at your curiosity. So they make that part. And so to answer your question, when, when using deceptive or dark game mechanics or mechanics in a deceptive way that's when it becomes damaging because you become obsessed with it just like you know me tracking my time i can you can get obsessed with it i don't know if that answered your question i think it's just a a discussion about it isn't it like uh, uh, you can get obsessed with it and you can very very quickly get addicted to scrolling social media i think as well um but i think we we talked about on uh, season one, episode five, flow, going back to flow again. Yeah, we we touch on negative flow. Yeah, but to find out whether whether it's a real thing or not, you'll have to go and listen to that episode. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> did I just gamify the podcast? You did. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really difficult to gamify stuff, but I think you know the the uh, the the takeaway from this is that it's it's not about adding game mechanics but it's about understanding what makes a game a game and to organize things so that it becomes fun i guess is the takeaway i, I no i don't guess that's the takeaway it goes right back to the quote of the day life is more fun if you play games yes exactly so if there's something to yeah if there is something to be taken from this then uh, yeah make life more fun and make your designs more fun to use. Oh, it's a design podcast, sorry. Yeah, not just life, but design specifically. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, life is design. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think my perspective on the podcast is because I come from an, a, a non, seemingly non-design background, mm -hmm. is that I look at it from the, the real life relatability sort of side of things. Yeah. It, yeah, play games, have fun. Make games. 
have fun. But I guess that's it. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. See you next time. See you next time. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hidden by Design. You can find out more about us at hiddenbydesign.net or you can find us on LinkedIn. My name is Martin Wiskin. This is Torbjorn Lingard Sorensen. Yes, got it. That's good. You can also like, subscribe, follow the podcast on all of the platforms. That's important. Do follow it on all of the platforms. Give us five stars and an excellent review, please, as well. Thank you. Can I say something? No. We love you. I said something anyways. I'm a bad boy.